Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sort of betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two primary proponents of women in the broadcast booth. First, when he's not writing letters to MLB TV, he's planning all the refreshing ventures in his future. Cat Dad and Twitter poster, Colin. Good evening. Finally, on the record as a huge fan of Big Rods, controlling his own ability to wake up for yet another day every morning, battery wrangler and above-average fan of an average White Sox team, Sam. Wow, thank you, Dylan. Uh, yes, I, I enjoy that part very much every single week, getting to introduce uh, my, my two illustrious co-hosts here. Um we are recording this on Tuesday, April 11th. Uh, there's a lot of baseball going on, not much else being a Tuesday. Uh, we'll jump into the pregame while I pick uh, a few, uh, I'd like to say fun news items, but we'll see how much fun these could be. Uh, we start off uh, real hot and fiery with, uh, where is it? There it is. Uh, David Temple. This is this is actually let, let me let me preface this one. This one's topical because I visited Houston, visited my family in Houston this past weekend, and so this is kind of a local story to their news cycle. Uh, David Temple, former Aleaf football coach, that's a Houston suburb, part of the uh, greater Houston area, uh, twice convicted of murdering his pregnant wife, uh, finally learned his punishment after several uh, several different trials. This is a cold case from 24 years ago. High school football coach uh, murdered his family. Wow. Jeez, did uh, Joel Osteen help him repent? Uh, that's not the article I have, but this is so old that like he killed his wife in 1999, and then it took them until 2007 to sentence him, and then they had to re-sentence him because of all the appeals and shit. And uh, finally, this is like his last chance, and he's going to uh, he's going to prison for a long time yet. Nice. Yeah. Good on him. You know, good fellow. Apparently, pick you up, make you feel good on this. Uh, this fine Tuesday evening. This is our opening then, foray into being a true crime podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta little test did, the markets, man. Little did she know her husband was not after, after her. murder porn podcast. About her unborn baby. Uh, another, another bright, sunny news story. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, as you might remember, uh, died what what year was this uh oh in 2022 last year almost exactly a years a year ago as he was struck by a dump truck on a south florida highway uh although there's now a, a lawsuit alleging that there was a drugging and blackmail conspiracy against Dwayne haskins um I don't know if they're grasping at straws or if his life really was that interesting. Uh, it is believed that Dwayne was targeted and drugged as part of a blackmail and robbery conspiracy. Uh, that seems to be maybe more interesting than a mediocre NFL quarterback deserves. But you know, it, from what I could tell, now I, I you know I wouldn't want to disparage the man any more than he deserves, which is is a little bit, but. Um, it kind of seemed like bullshit to me. It seemed like they were grasping at straws, as you put it. Uh, there was a lot of different defendants on that lawsuit, kind of ranging across every possible angle, everywhere he had been, anyone he had come in contact with. It kind of seems like they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Um, they are were trying to imply, imply might be putting it lightly, that the dump truck driver intended to hit Dwayne Haskins. 
<laughs> like as if he was somehow. Oh shit, that's Dwayne Haskins. I I assume it's more along the lines of black guy. That that's I assume what they're going for. See, See, I, I would, you know, suggest a conspiracy, though, you know. Yeah, that's just a hate well, crime. Well, oh, oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's I don't think crime. the dump trunk driver was involved in the com- conspiracy. I think Haskins, <laughs> much like his college career, uh, was able to elude the drugging potentially at the bar, but then was too drunk and stumbled onto the highway and got hit by a random drunk dump truck driver that they are trying to, I assume, imply was racist. That's, that's, not, that's not at all. I feel like you're, I feel like goes, you're missing, but, you're, you're but, missing but a, like you, four angles here. Yeah, but thank yeah. you, Colin, for that absolutely that just like two watt dim insight. <laughs> hey man, my uh, fantasy football name is in uh, into in homage. Oh, oh, that, oh I'm, I was scared to say it wrong and get criticized. <laughs> homage, so, homage, homage. Yeah, really busted uh, that to, one out of the back of the brain bank, didn't you, Colin? To, to Dwayne, dude, I was just like, I didn't want to get fucking just shit talked from saying well, it incorrectly. Yeah, here I, well, you are. You're it, like whispering it because you're scared to speak. I, you're, well, you're I knew. I was like, like oh fuck, cool. six I was letters. actually, yeah. Oh shit. Hey, hey, oh, not shit. regular oh, English based oh, word oh, right there. Oh my god, French phonics. Oh my fucking god. Hooked on. Hey phonics. man, I took <laughs> Spanish in high school. But uh, but no, uh, my name is tied to him as uh, for fantasy football with uh, high, uh, Haskins Highway to Hell. So we'll see what lame, comes of that. Actually. What? Yeah, that's kind of lame. That doesn't have the bite as like Todd Heap's driveway. <laughs> yeah, but Highway to Google Hell is a lovely the, yeah. song. For the folks at home, uh, Google that one. Or uh, Pat Tillman Platoon Pals. That one's got a little bite to it. <laughs> yeah, I good. mean, See, yes. I'll say Colin's, Colin's fantasy team name is good. I'll say it's a good fantasy team name, but it's a little disheartening to to how, <laughs> as Dylan said, you had sort of the, the two watts worth of insight into the situation. That's a bit of a bummer when <laughs> oh. you're going to brand your whole team around. Yeah, I had, I had more insight when sam sent it to me i think it's sort of bullshit and they're trying to you know cover up his name on being like he didn't do something fucking stupid that got him killed haskins hauling company would have been a great name oh bullshit that is not better Uh, bullshit he got hit on a highway highway to hell is a song that's like that is well known would have come up with for their my dad would not come up with that that. Apparently, apparently, your dad sounds pretty cool, Dylan. If he's coming up with it, either that or something about the the local Oldsmobile dealership. But that's a that's another story. <laughs> but uh, nah, man, I I I think it's just like this whole lawsuit shit is just trying to you know end you know put him out peacefully as a good name rather than him being a drunk fucking idiot that night that may have gotten crossed yeah. or you know all that shit. Can like it's just trying to salvage the name. Special K, I think the kids call it, Sam. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, he was in Florida, right? Maybe it was that K2. No, that's the synthetic weed. That is not ketamine or ketamine. Yeah. No, I, oh, Colin, I, I Colin, know. Colin, you're, you're 0 for 2. On no, I was directly saying because he was in Florida where K2 was a major problem was what was in his he, system. He did Yeah, well, but the news story I have that's here says ketamine system, and right? norketamine. Oh, but there's no uh, no sign of roofies there? Hmm. Yeah, he really got drugged. I feel like he Like, that's the biggest... I mean. Sounds like a good time. I don't know. Let's, just, let's try it out. Let's, uh, 
I'll go over to Colin's house. We'll find ways to drug him with ketamine and see if he remembers <laughs> anything. See if he remembers getting hit by a dump truck. <laughs> I'll send send him out for a for a can of gas and see what happens. Oh shit! And then I was uh, I I, re- I was gonna mention Cody Ware, but I figured that would have brought the podcast down just too much with the other two. So uh, instead, your last pregame news story: uh, Cliff Kingsbury, former Arizona Cardinals coach, uh, is now the new quarterbacks coach for USC under a certain Lincoln Riley. Thoughts? I think that's a a good hire, sure. Like, and obviously they kind of they both kind of go back to Texas Tech, have have a lot of connections, and I, I could see how Cliff is theoretically gonna have maybe a couple wrinkles he can offer into that offense and benefit USC. But really, to me, it's it's insignificant because the offense just isn't the fucking problem there. We all already knew their offense is gonna light the scoreboard on fire all season, and that's exactly what's gonna happen. And Cliff Kingsbury is not going to make the defense able to tackle anything like that. So to me, it's it's a whole lot of nothing. Good for Cliff. He he's going to feel great out there in Southern California. Yeah. So this this makes me wonder. It, well, actually, I, I didn't do the research here. Who's older? Is, is Lincoln or Cliff older? Oh, that's a good. I question. can tell you which one looks older. Well, who is who is who would have been the? I think they might have QB been in college at the same time. At, who would have been Legion. the QB assistant for the other? You know, one of them was older, so they're probably with a QB assistant at Texas Tech before they got other jobs. Are you right? looking this up, Colin, or should I? I feel like there's a possibility they were there at the same time because, I, like, Lincoln didn't play. Lincoln sucked. Cliff played. Oh, I would right. guess that the Astros just lost, considering that the Pirates are celebrating on the TV behind me. Very nice. Yeah, fuck. You guys are what zero and two in extra innings this year. Fuck yeah, you guys. I'll fucking know. I don't even. Yeah, know. three run bomb too to walk Jesus. it off. Who hit oh, it? G Juan Bai. Wow, nice. Man, what a bunch of fucking bums on that team. He hit it off of uh, uh, Presley, your actual supposed good guy on the fucking bullpen. He is. He's got the hair to prove it. Holy shit! The Cubs have come back. Oh wow. Cubs are up eight to seven in the bottom of the third. Okay, I'm turning on that game. Jesus. Uh, but uh, yeah, so about Cliff and uh, Lincoln. Cliff is four think, years older. Do you think Cliff asked Lincoln, like, like I won't say begged, but said like, "Hey, man, I I really need something." Can you, I don't can think you, can so. You spot me? Has... Or, or 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 do you think Lincoln Riley was like? Ah, uh, fuck, I should probably throw him a bone. He's having a rough time. I don't I think, think neither, he ha- really. was having... I think, if anything, Lincoln didn't do it throwing a bone, but fucking Cliff went off to Thailand and fuck around and take some time off, and he didn't even take an all, like a whole season off, which was, I think, what was initially intended. So maybe Lincoln was like, fuck it, I'll reach out, see what happens, but not like a pity hire. I mean, Cliff has money like a motherfucker now. Is, is Lincoln getting getting overwhelmed at USC where he has to hire a QB coach? Because, I mean, that's – you're limited on the number of coaches you can have, like number of on-field coaches you can have in college. So to, like, hire a coach for something that he could have done himself, that's kind of a big deal. That's fair. That is kind of an evolution for him because he hasn't really employed an OC, and that's, I guess, not really what Cliff's going to be doing. But like you're saying, it's, it's filling a slot that, that needs to be accounted for and sacrificing staff somewhere else. 
maybe it could be a sign of him evolving a little bit as a coach and being able to kind of try to shift his focus from the offense to a more holistic picture of the team because that's what he needs to do to get over the hump. But I'll kind of believe it when I see it. I think it really was just an easy slam dunk. That, like, it makes sense. It's easy for Lincoln because he's with somebody he's familiar with. He's not really going to get challenged by Cliff Kingsbury. It's a, a dream, easy, cushy gig for Cliff being in Southern California and basically riding along with an elite QB and an elite offensive coach already in place and just kind of helping steer the ship a little bit. Um, I, I think it, it's it's pretty, honestly, insignificant, like I said, overall for, for the team. But I see what you mean, Dylan, and it is, it is something new for Lincoln as a coach that we have not seen. Yeah. Him. I was thinking potentially it's like him evolving as a coach, as Sam said, or even just sort of gearing up a scapegoat maybe for when they don't succeed here and there if the offense decides to falter after Caleb Williams. I mean, that's obviously, you know, a little more on the sadistic side, but I I mean, it's almost a scapegoat that he has, and it, for Cliff, it's an easy job that maybe helps him get another college head coaching gig down the road in the very near future. Um Obviously, these guys aren't Saban, where Saban has his coaches come back, you know, to try and repair their name before moving back on. But it's almost like it feels like that, you know, where Cliff is had a bad ending with uh, the Cardinals, and he's just trying to, you know, get his bearings back, knows he shouldn't maybe can't get the job he wants at college level as a head coach, so he's taking sort of an easy, cushy job to help him out and help his name. Yeah, now imagine if USC and their and um, God, what's his name? What's their quarterback? Heisman winner, Caleb. Caleb Williams. Williams. What if he? Imagine now if they take a step back this year. I I, I think it'd be, it won't happen, but it would be hilarious. And Colin, as far as as you said about a scapegoat, I wouldn't say I think that is the case in this situation. Although I also don't think Lincoln is above it, but what we've seen at least in we had really only one example here but when the offense does not perform under Lincoln he is established enough as as knowing what the fuck he's doing that that blame fell to the quarterback so when when the offense was stalling a little bit in Spencer Rattler's second year there was one scapegoat and it was Spencer Rattler and he got ran out of town and it did not take too long and then the way Lincoln goes about it he's going to have another five-star quarterback ready to go and then that that's when things are going to get interesting because five-star recruits are not guaranteed hits. Lincoln has recruited two of his own, Rattler and Caleb Williams, and kind of seen opposite trajectories with those two where the team was really starting to, to look very, very vulnerable and beatable in Rattler's second year when he didn't take the step forward. And then Caleb pretty much came in and saved the team's ass in the Red River game, the Kansas game. Uh, I mean, like, he, he is the only reason we won multiple of the games he won in that season. So it'll be interesting to see if Malachi Nelson, the next man up at USC, say he doesn't quite, like, figure it out. He doesn't really ascend to a Heisman level the way some of the guys have for Lincoln. It'll be interesting to see if the next guy in line after him, whether that's uh, Riola or somebody else, is able to come in as a true freshman and save his ass the way that Caleb Williams did with Rattler because I don't think that's a guarantee. And that was a very significant happening for Lincoln's timeline really as a coach and everything that he's accomplished so far. Yeah, I see I see what you're saying. I, I just think Rattler might be a special instance in there where 
I think he was trying to coast too hard at getting to that easy number one pick. Like his preseason consensusly, he was going to be the top quarterback taken. I feel like, and yeah. he just got way too much like in his potentially in his own head trying to you know secure the money down the road and sort of played like a bitch trying not to you know do any like take any injury based hits you know nothing too crazy don't take any risks and that ended up just tanking his stock and Caleb Williams came into play and I almost feel like Rattler's a bit of an outlier there because he's the only quarterback who's been negatively associated with Riley so I feel like that's an outlier within the instance I mean I I kind of I, I see what you mean there. I think it's it's possible. I think you're jumping to conclusions pretty hard in terms of saying he was coasting or he was avoiding injury or whatever. I don't think that was necessarily apparent out there. Like, he wasn't trying. I think he just really was not effective. He didn't seem to take a step forward from his freshman year. Uh, I'm not sure if I would necessarily agree that he was, like, he was selling or coasting or whatever. And, and it's 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 fair. He is the only outlier that has performed poorly under Lincoln since Lincoln was at OU. But like I said, he is only one of two guys that Lincoln brought in as a freshman and developed himself. So really, he's batting fifty percent there. And it begs to some degree the question: How much is it Caleb Williams? Would Caleb Williams look this good if he went to Alabama too? You know, very possibly. He's just that good. Um, it, it's an it's an interesting thing. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can look at the situation and, and kind of twist it and come to different conclusions. So I, I see what you mean, but I, I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out with his next Let's few face years it. recruits. Let's face it. It's really just the painted fingernails. <laughs> Not a great look, but no, I'd, uh, I, I would take a kid as talented as him with with the, the painted fingernails on my Nail team polish. any day and deal with it. As much as I hate USC and him leaving there after sort of just dicking around with it, if he was a Falcon next year, which I highly doubt will happen, I would be <clears throat> I would be able to set it aside. What what you don't think Desmond Shitter's the future anymore? Dude, no, I just think we've actually put together a decent team outside of him that will <laughs> compete. And yeah. as I've to- I've mentioned to Sam, I am utterly horrified that we're gonna take Anthony Richardson. <laughs> just fuck if you do terrified it is it's the kyle pitts draft pick all over again where they're like well we're taking the guy who's just an athletic freak uh he's technically not a tight end even though you know it's gonna be the highest ever tight end taken in the draft or whatever it, that's gonna be anthony richardson for us where it's like hey we could use some o-line help oh this very athletic talented quarterback that is looked absolutely not that good on the field Athletic freak, let's take him. That's what I expect to happen. I am utterly horrified. What do you think Blaine Gabbard's doing these days? He'd be a he'd be a, a good future quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. He's still floating uh, around somewhere, isn't he? Is he not with the Bucks still? He was Tom's. He was Tom's backup. Yeah. I don't think he went anywhere. He's probably competing for a starting job next year with the Bucks. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah, he's. I think you're right. He was on the Bucks. <coughs> as much right. as I love Baker, are they going to hand him the job? No. Yeah. I wonder if he's still under contract though. And there's also Kyle Trask. I don't think they're going to give Gabbard the job no matter <laughs> what, Trask. even if he is the best. Oh yeah, no. I'm. I'm saying he's going to compete for a starting yeah, job. That's fair. Kyle Trask. Like started one year his entire like life playing football, and then immediately goes to the NFL. Not going to start. 
Oh, at the same university that Anthony Richardson went to? Oh, fuck. Is that the future for Anthony Richardson yeah, but you know as a Kyle, Falcon? But Probably. Like, do, you, do you know the Kyle Trask story where he was like, he was a backup on his high school team also? <laughs> I did not know that. Like the entire time. Somehow got into a college and then proceeded to be the backup the entire time to, to Felipe Franks. When he finally got his, his moment in the sunlight, he was pretty much getting carried by Kyle Pitts, you could argue. <laughs> so we've come full circle. All right. Still disgusting. All right. Out of the pregame and into something I like to call slow pitch, fast pitch, where I come up with the sports takes and uh, give one sports take to each of my co-hosts ahead of time. Um, one of them's the slow pitch. It's supposed to be an easier take. Uh, maybe an easier buy, something that's a little easier to agree with, not saying they will agree with it. And then the fast pitch, which is supposed to be a little bit of a hotter take, um, you know, maybe a little harder buy. Uh, let's let's do this again. Colin, which one do you think you have? I think I have the fast pitch, but I also, the take you gave me, I, I, I don't. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Sam, what do you think you have? I'm not sure if mine would qualify as a fast pitch or a slow pitch or just a pitch thrown in the Special Olympics. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, so on to the slow pitch. This is this supposed to be the easier take? Drum roll. You guys, you guys full suspense? Uh, the Masters is more fun in wow. theory to talk about after the fact than it is to actually watch or follow live. Colin? My notes on that pitch. Don't care. I don't give a shit about golf, man. That's why, like, the Masters thing. is fun though. But I like to talk about it. After uh, I, I like this take. I'm with you, Dylan. I'll just throw it out there. I mean, you're probably right. I just really don't give a shit about the golf. So, like, golf so much that, like, the only time I will tune in, I guess, to like the Masters is if we are entering hole 19 uh, after round four. And even then, there's no guarantee I'm turning that fucker on. Like, oh, okay. You got a playoff, yeah. 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 I thought you were yeah. talking um, about like, me... all the guys drinking at the bar at the 19th hole. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, you're telling me See, you, weren't, you weren't glued to the edge of your couch watching our comrade Tiger Woods pull it off back in, what was it, 2019? Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I was not. I was just, you know, quite thrilled to open ESPN where they're trying to shove wow, it down my a, throat. What a bad yeah, member I did of the watch delegation, that. Colin. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that shit. But when I, you know, I open ESPN. That is one of the few sports I don't have any like favorited shit for. And they're just like, look, it's the Masters. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Please stop doing it as a pop up screen. Like there are a couple other ones that do that from ESPN, but. Obviously, it's this week. That's that one, and breaking, I just I, it. I have breaking news. Ahead. Not to cut you off. I have breaking news uh, against your Cubs, Colin. We have uh, Luis. Is it Arias? Arias. Uh, he plays for Arias the, Marlins. the Marlins. Oh fuck, Marlins. Okay, I misread that. Either way, cycle. Oh damn. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't that's, think he was that fast. Cool. He's not, but I'll, I mean, where's where are they playing? Where's the, where's the ballpark? Philly. Citizen huh. Bank. Okay, I don't know if they're notable for triples or not. They got a high fence on both on both left and right field. I feel like it takes a funky bounce and. Gotcha. So where, where the does stadium that, where is determinant on triples for the most part. Yeah, where where does that fall on the uh, now defunct Would It Dong Twitter? R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. I don't I don't know. Uh, well, so his single was actually the last thing he had to do. Yeah. 
which that's that's almost the more impressive portion is he had to do the least the least difficult of the four almost to just accomplish it that's pretty wild what are our uh, ethical judgments on hypothetically a player coming up to bat in that situation let's say the game's out of hand like it's not it's not he's not being a total fuck here although i'd be interested to hear it either way but he rips one into the gap easy double in the right center bases empty two out or something and they're up eight to three in the eighth and he rips one into right center and says fuck it and sandbags it and stops at first so he can get the cycle respect it yeah that's fine especially if you're up it's a hit no matter what what's fucking hilarious sam is it's literally eight to three in that game eighth inning is when he hit that (laughs) single so i don't yeah no i don't like literally he hit it in the top of the eighth they're up eight to three (laughs) and uh I don't blame. I wouldn't blame him, dude. The cycle's way cooler than having fucking a home run, a triple, and two doubles. Yeah, no, I agree. That's well. That's almost even one where you sort of shit run on purpose after turning first. Maybe get gunned down at second, where it gets jotted down as a single. <laughs> oh, I tried, guys. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's it's oh thrown down at second, <laughs> but it's recorded as a single, so you can be like, I tried, uh-huh. I did, coach. Although I'm pretty sure any coach in that situation is sort of cool with it. But yeah, no, I mean. That, oh, I tried to leg out that double, buddy. I just couldn't get there. I was so gassed for running the bases all the other times. Yeah. Okay, so back to this breaking news because it was something kind of cool. Uh, back to the slow pitch. So, yeah, I, I think because, like, I, last week we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but after the podcast I'm like, oh, yeah, the Masters are this week. I'm going to... I'm going to watch some of that, or I'm going to pay attention to some of that. Like, it's going to be cool. I'm going to sit, and I'm going to drink and, and, you know, like, watch a little bit of the Masters, and then none of that happened because I really didn't care. And then after the fact, you know, people are talking about it, and I looked up, you know, kind of how it went, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, w- that was a pretty cool sporting event. I wish I would have watched more, uh, but it's way more fun just to talk about it afterwards and to, like, you like the idea of it more than you actually give a shit about it. I, I get that. That's just one where, like, I'll go to work on Monday – and the guys know I bet on like just about every sport, and they go, "Oh man, you you have anything on the Masters? You watch the Masters?" I'm like, "I don't give a shit about golf. That is the line queued, ready to go." Because I really don't. It's just it doesn't capture my attention. So the Masters, even as its premier event, pretty much does nothing for me. Even with all the live golfers, Colin. Yeah, dude, that sh- I fucking don't care. Brooks Kepka back in the spotlight. Golf to me is it's like it has all of the leisure of baseball with like none of the intensity cool portion or fun except for maybe like one percent of the time. Like it takes some crazy shit to happen in golf for it to be like, wow, I'm glad I, I can't believe I saw that. You know, the most exciting golf like things that happened adjacent to golf were all off of the, the course. Like like running into a tree and getting your like window blown out by a golf club by your, your, uh, yeah. your angry wife, accidentally blown <laughs> through an intersection at like five in the morning, breaking both your legs, <laughs> uh, sleeping with Perkins waitresses just because you can. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, so out of the slow pitch and into the fast pitch. This is supposed to be the hotter take. But really, I think this is just going to be Sam explaining to me why this is not so hot of a take. But uh, fast pitch, pick swaps in a draft are incredibly stupid when it's the same round. The NBA is a good example because they only have the two rounds. Uh, But it does happen in the NFL too. 
Sam? See, I, there, there's just so much to break down with this in so many ways. I feel like I, I could, like, fight against this. So, like, just off the top of my fucking head, let's start with NFL. We'll get to NBA. But, like, I could see it if you're arguing if a team is going to swap their sixth for another team's sixth in the part of in part of some big trade package. It's, like, you know, very, very marginal difference in terms of what you're getting. But, like, literally we saw the Bears just trade down eight slots in the first round, and the, and the value that they pulled to do that is, like, multiple first-rounders, multiple second-rounders, and a stud-wide receiver in DJ Moore because the value of, of, like, pick one where you get your crack of any quarterback you want to try and build your franchise around for the next 15 years versus pick nine where you get, like, maybe a, a high-quality tackle or high-quality receiver or edge rusher or something like that. You know, I bet the Bears wish they had that high-quality tackle right now. They might go get him at pick nine. That's the thing. <laughs> and then if we don't, we have another second rounder. We have another first rounder and second rounder next year. And we just got a stud wide receiver all for swapping down to the ninth pick. And we might trade down again to a later first rounder. So I, I think like in, in, in that regard, it's, it's just a brain dead take to, to put it gently to say that like, it's, it's like dumb or pointless. I mean, that's a, an extremely, that's one of the biggest trades of the year. Uh, probably the biggest trade of the year, honestly, and it's it's centered around a, a pick swap in the same round. I was thinking more along the lines of like the NBA, where you only have the two rounds, and then occasionally, from time to time, like a second round pick is traded for a second round pick, and you have no fucking idea if you just trade it, unless it's like later in the season, or unless you're doing something, you know, right before the draft. But I'm talking like if you were to do it right now, kind of like this Rudy Gobert thing, which I think you were going to explain to me, but. Uh, where, oh, yeah, I'm going to trade a second. We're going to swap second-round picks. And, like, I don't know. Am I going to move up? Am I going to move down? Was this the stupidest decision or the best decision I've ever made? <laughs> See, well, some I mean, of those are typically is... contingent, too, though. They have, like, that's uh, true that... a caveat to the deal. The NBA, that, you see, that can I structure a deal. See, uh, but, but we'll get into into more than this because this you don't see this on all all the swaps by any means, but they, they can structure into a deal that one team has the right to the higher pick that year essentially so they just see how it plays out and they either keep their own or if your pick's higher they get to flip them so but so then that's just like so if, so then the one team it, like the, the worst team then like mm-hmm. d- doesn't gain anything from that trade well they, they gain if, whatever if else gonna, is in tra- i mean they're not no team is right. going to make the trade with nothing else involved and just say hey let's swap seconds in two years cool like right, that's not going like, to happen. But still, like it just seems to me like there it's just I don't know. It seems like so there's a lot more value that could be had literally anywhere else. And the, and there is and they 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 max that out but there's constraints around trades like dollars be like going each direction with with cap hits of players that are traded in the NBA. Um so so that has to get factored in and really is just like when teams are playing hardball, but I, basically, I mean, if you're going to say, you know, if you're going to zero in on the most minute pick swaps ever traded, then I'm sure there are some that are, are basically pointless, but even in the NBA, like if you're talking about the Rudy Gobert trade, I went and looked that up just, uh, just real quick and I, I couldn't really remember, but I think they traded and they got fucked. Um, the, the Timberwolves, <laughs> but they traded Walker Kessler, who is like a, basically a rookie Rudy Gobert right now. Plus, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, 
and four first-rounders plus a first-round pick swap. And so in the NBA, I think the Wolves, I think there was other teams' first-rounders were part of those four first-rounders. Something that you see frequently in the NBA, and I know you're not a big NBA guy, so I'm not going to blame you for not being aware of this, but there is a rule in the NBA called the Stepien Rule, uh, named after Ted Stepien, who was the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers in like the 80s or 90s or some shit like that, before I was I was a sports fan, but uh, way back in the day. And what Ted Stepien did was he traded first-rounder after first-rounder after first-rounder way out into the future for a bunch of mediocre fuck old players <laughs> and basically just completely ran the Cavs into the ground and left them with no recourse even after he was gone for doing a shit job. The next guy's like, we have no fucking picks. We have nothing we can do. So the NBA instituted a rule that you cannot trade your own team's first-rounder in back-to-back seasons. So a Ooh. lot of times... For for a few years here, what you would see is when a star player gets traded, you would see, okay, well now we're going to trade our 2012, our 2014, and our 2016 first rounder for a big trade that might have happened in 2011 or something like that because we can't trade 13 and 15 in between them. However, what you can do is you can swap. So now, as teams have continued to just up the prices on these big superstar trades those gaps like in a year between the years where you're just giving up your pick no holds barred you can swap first rounders so essentially uh, now you would see a team trade say this year they might trade their 2024 first rounder a swap in 2025 where the other team has the right to whichever pick is better then they trade their 2026 first rounder and then a swap in 2027 where the other team has the right to whatever the better pick is so NBA trading is kind of convoluted in in some regards, but that's kind of where a lot of that comes in is basically just adding draft value and trying to pack draft value into certain periods of time, changing hands, but working under the constraints set forward by the league in terms of what is and isn't a legal trade. You may have swayed me, although I will say if I was a GM of an M- of an NBA team, I still would like 100% avoid Oh yeah, let's just take the higher of whoever has picks because you either like get you were either where you were before or you get fucked. Uh, I guess I, I guess if you're on the other side, yeah, you could move up, but it just seems like a certain risk to take. It's yeah, almost but those are mostly though, just thrown. Basically, the opposite of a risk, in my opinion, because I mean, if you're looking to add value, like if you're at a, a stalemate on a trade and you're, you're getting something in return for this, obviously, yeah, if you're the team who gives up the right to the better pick, you're either staying where you're at or you're getting fucked. But that's because that is value that you are actively surrendering to get something else back that brings you value now or later in a different form. So really, I think it's not a big risk, especially for the team on the other side of that, that goes, worst case scenario, we're just keeping our own pick, but hey, maybe we get to jump up 10 spots in the future, and that's just a a tick more value towards making a deal that maybe otherwise we wouldn't have been willing to pull. But when you're right on the fringes there, I might start start finding a way to uh, make this illegal on on sleeper for our fantasy leagues just so I can piss you off with some some offers (laughs) like that in the future. Uh. So let's roll this into a slight bonus take because I've been thinking, like I said, a lot of the sports radio I listen to has obviously been talking about the T-Wolves trade today. It, you know, understandable. Teams that do things, so like teams like the Timberwolves that trade away, you know, like you said, promising young talent that is basically the next Rudy Gobert. Is that just because they can't 
they know they can't. Like, have you just decided that you can't develop players and you're just, oh, oh, well, guess we got to trade away for the guy who's at, who already does it because we have to throw away this future talent because we know we can't develop it. That's part of it, and what a big part of it is in the NBA right now is, is the concept of timelines, basically, and, and valuing star-level talent above everything else by a long shot and just trying to consolidate that and fill in the gaps. Walker Kessler, I, I mean, it, it's partly hindsight for me to say he's looking like a rookie, a rookie Rudy Gobert because he was a defensive center as a prospect, which you know is, is cool, but he was not some elite prospect. And Rudy Gobert has been, as much as I hate to admit it, the elite of the elite defensively as a big man for at least like the last five years in the NBA. He's won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, Walker Kessler is now looking for coughing on everything at that Thunder. <laughs> yeah, he's not beloved and, by and any means. Shutting down he, the entire sports world for a year. Yep. I was at yeah, that defensive game. specialist and knows how to spread it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, basically, the Timberwolves, like, in giving up Walker Kessler, that looks a lot worse today than it did at the time, although it's not like people were impressed with the price they paid at the time. They were like, Jesus Christ, that's an overpay. Uh, but basically what it is is that they have Carl Anthony Towns. He was the first overall pick of the 2015 draft. He is about to come off of his rookie extension and be an unrestricted free agent in the next couple of seasons. He's probably going to end up getting a max and staying in Minnesota, but he very well may not. And if they are continuing to think, oh, shit, we're mediocre and we're going to try and wait on Walker Kessler to maybe be good in three years and, and shit like that. And they have Anthony Edwards, too, who was, I believe, 2019 and maybe actually 2020 um, first overall He's very pick. recent. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically these guys look like stars, but not superstars. And neither of them are really defensive players, especially Towns, who's a big guy. And a, a big guy who can't play defense is a bit of a liability schematically in the NBA. As good as he can be on offense, teams can exploit that shit in the playoffs and, and damn near play him off the floor. So they figured we need to be ready to compete right now to keep Carl Anthony Towns around and kind of like co- like coalesce into a winning team, not just a team that has some young like exciting prospects and, and good young players that can score. So they they were going all in trying to get Rudy Gobert, who was single-handedly had the Jazz looking like an elite defense every year and had the Jazz as a consistent high seed going into the playoffs every year on the back of being a defensive juggernaut. They figured they could just bring that into Minnesota and see the same success. Admittedly, I'm kind of guilty of thinking it was a good idea at the time. I did think the price tag was steeper than I expected. It's one of the steepest trades we've seen ever. And, I mean, he's not the best player to ever be fucking traded by any means. He's very limited offensively. But it just hasn't panned out. And obviously now we have the incident of him punching Kyle Anderson. Everyone thinks he's a bitch. <laughs> and, and and here I, I'm going on a little long here, but here's the, that's part of the issue. And something I didn't mention about Carl Anthony Towns, Dylan, whose name probably doesn't mean that much to you. I've heard a, it. <laughs> a legitimate thing about Carl Anthony Towns is that he has been considered a bitch for most of uh, his career. Sorry. I believe like, you mean pussy. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. He, uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler came to Minnesota and then said, "I want out because Carl Anthony Towns is a pussy, <laughs> and I, I want to play with guys who aren't pussies." 
<laughs> and Rudy Gobert takes a lot of similar shit. He cried about not making the All-Star team once. He's French. I mean, like, it, 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 he kind of just walks into it. Draymond Green talks shit about him all the time. Like, uh, Charles Barkley and Shaq talk shit about him all the time. So there's, like, a lot of mainstream distaste for Rudy Gobert. And, yeah, he's viewed as a bitch. Carl Anthony Towns is viewed as a bitch. And it's, it's just kind of an ugly situation where there are players who aren't really respected. The Timberwolves players don't respect Rudy Gobert from the moment he walks into the locker room. And, and tempers flare and shit's getting ugly now in, in Minnesota. So you got him punching Kyle Anderson. Jaden McDaniels punching a wall and breaking his fucking hand. And now the Lakers are playing the Timberwolves bench in the playing game tonight in like half an hour. All right. Thank you for the explanation, Sam, and enlightening me to more about the NBA. I don't think either of you have been successful at making me care about the NBA yet this season, but we're getting a little closer. Uh, but that's a good little segue, Sam. You just mentioned the playoff, uh, play in, sorry, play in games to the playoffs, uh, starting what thirty minutes. Um, Sam, uh, the first one started a little bit ago, but the second one is uh, second of the four. This is about to start. Take me away. I know nothing other than the Rockets are not part of it because they are not in the top twenty teams. Uh, they're probably the worst or second worst team in the league. Meh. But uh, what are the play? What play-in games are we looking at? Who do you like to advance? Uh, let's try to spend about five minutes on this. All right, so I'll, to keep it short and sweet, um, I, I will take some low-hanging fruit here and say I like the Atlanta Hawks, who are currently winning by 11 with six minutes left. I think I'm willing to, to tie myself to that wagon and see how it goes. They're playing Miami. Um, so the the way this is structured, Dylan, is tonight the 7 and 8 seed from each conference are playing one another. Um, so in this case, it's Atlanta-Miami, the 7 and 8 from the East. Whoever wins is in. They are going to play a best-of-seven series um, as the seven seed against the two seed. Whoever loses will play the winner of tomorrow night's game between the nine and the ten. So the nine and ten play tomorrow. The loser of that is done. The winner of that plays the loser from tonight for the eight seed and the chance to play a best-of-seven against the one seed. Um, Anyhow, Atlanta looks like they're going to win. It's not over, but that's how it's looking. And then the Lakers, sadly, I'm going to have to pick them tonight. I think I would probably be leaning their way anyway, but with no – Gobert got suspended by the Wolves for punching his fucking teammate. (laughs) So he's not playing tonight. Jaden McDaniels is the best, like, perimeter switchable type defender wing kind of guy on Timberwolves. He broke his fucking hand punching a wall. So the Wolves are in shambles right now, and I think the Lakers are probably going to win that game somewhat comfortably as much as that will pain me. Um, Tomorrow we've got the ones that are are personally intriguing to myself and to Colin. Bulls-Raptors is the first one tomorrow at 6. I expect the Raptors to win that because the Bulls are a bunch of fucking losers and I hate them. Um, and then we have Thunder <laughs> Pelicans. Fan Sam, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we have Thunder Pelicans, which I'm actually much more interested in. Um, the Pelicans are favored in that game. I think that's probably going to be the best game of the play-in, honestly. And I, I am going to go out on a limb and pick the Thunder. By the way, Ro- uh, Luis Robert Jr. just hit a homer to tie the game in the ninth off of Duran. So Sox feeling good. We're we're coming for 500, boys. Oh my god! Wait, what is it? Does winning this game put them back at five hundred? Yes. yes, it does. Oh my god! I did bet mm-hmm. this. 
They fell. I well, they fell either. a couple games. A couple games behind. They fucked our strategy, but they're they're coming. But they're okay. They're catching back up now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's well, not, you I never pl- you I'm, never no, will I'm have just... a perfect strategy. So like, yeah, yeah, you get off by a few, and then you bet. You know, you got to keep betting it the way up. It's you know, you're, you're right. Ninety percent yeah, no, no, of the... betters quit right before they win big. I did hear that quitters <laughs> never win big. <laughs> no, when I'm tracking, so I haven't put it all together yet with the previous games, but the plan is. Whichever way they have to go to get to 500, I'm tracking that money line. Okay. So even if they're two or three games off, I'm tra- if they're two games under 500 like they were the other day, then the next game to get them closer to 500, that money line's being tracked. And I'm, I'm going to have that put together for next week. I probably won't update us every week, but every couple weeks I'll try and keep that uh everyone quite enthralled by that before we jump into more baseball Colin, what are your takes on the nba uh play-in games uh I, I yeah as sam said i think the thunder win tomorrow um I, I legitimately not even as a homer pick just i think they're the more well-rounded team than the pels um so i hope they win their five do- uh five point dogs so i'll be yeah. taking their money line at probably what 140 150 ish okay um, and then my only big prediction is if the Thunder win, I say they take the Nuggets to at least six games. Um, I think the Sixers Celtics will probably be the best series in all of the playoffs, but that or maybe the Warriors Nuggets. Um, I think the Warriors Nuggets will be the Western Conference final, but I think the final, like the finals, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It could be pretty underwhelming this year. I, I think each each side may cannibalize itself. Okay, final question on a, NBA play-in games. Who out? Of, you know, I'll ask Sam first. Who out of the play-in slate of games has the best chance, in your opinion, to make a run? Um, see, and this is this is gonna just suck to say out loud, but I think it's fairly clearly the Lakers. The, the, it, it's just a, an indictment of their piece of shit season, and I, I could hate on them for an entire podcast, so I'm not going to dive into it. They shouldn't be in the play-in if they had any fucking respect or competence to them, but they don't, so here they are. However, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I think that that's that can win you playoff series. We've seen it before. Um, it's hard to bet against LeBron, especially against a bunch of young teams, so... I, I think that the Lakers, far and away, I think the Lakers, we could easily see them go to the conference finals or something out of the play and most of these other teams, sadly, are our first-round fodder if they get out of it. And despite him being injured there at the back end, that's him also just being able to rest in general, man. He hasn't had to play even six, like probably not even 60 games. Like He's Who, been LeBron? able to take some time. He being yeah, he, he was, yeah, sorry. So I think the Lakers, you know, there's always obviously Anthony Davis going to be a fragile pussy that could flare up in the playoffs that could hinder them. But Certainly. It, but if he's healthy, LeBron is well-rested, Austin Reeves is showing out like he's been showing out, they, they have the opportunity to make a run again despite what we want to see. And also... They they could see the they could see the Warriors second round, which is sort of what I'm rooting for, just so they get their shit pushed in by the Warriors because I don't see them getting by them. So that's your take. Lakers are most likely to advance from the play-in games. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, I just don't think the Hawks are good enough to keep up with the Celtics, which would be your other Ooh. run again. If the Thunder make it, I think they take the Nuggets to six. Eh, okay, but I don't think they're more of a threat to beat them. 
So that's that's where I sit. Alrighty. So that's I enough agree. NBA. Let's go into baseball. We've gone through two full weeks. Almost two full weeks of baseball. Uh, we have a couple interesting storylines. The one I know we kind of have to talk about, and I actually looked up some information on that I, I feel good about. Uh, the Rays uh, now tonight are on an 11 and 0 start to the season. Correct? Yeah, uh, final. That went yeah, final. They should have won that one. Yep. Yeah. So that yeah, that went final, seven to two over the Red Sox. So yeah, the Rays are at a nearly unprecedented, or is it unprecedented, 11 and 0 start. Uh, I wanted to go, I went to look up some things because I was on the record uh, on this podcast in earlier episodes mentioning how I don't think, I didn't think the Rays were a fun team to watch and I was not really like prior to the season and and, like I, I just really wasn't happy with how they managed their team from a I don't know, from a way that I think baseball should be played standpoint, which sounds very baseball writer of me and I'm a little bit ashamed of. But part of that is because I, I didn't think they're they playing their starting pitchers enough. And so I actually did a deep dive today, and not that deep, but deep enough dive today to find out if that was true and if they were letting them play through and what kind of production they were getting from their starting pitchers. Uh, so I went and dug up some of the stats for like average innings pitched for a starter and in 2021 and 2022 just as i had kind of perceived watching and paying attention and keeping track of the rays a little bit uh the their innings pitched were below the league average of average innings pitched by a starter um so you have 4.6 innings pitched versus a league average of 5.2 that doesn't sound like a big jump but when you realize the entire like the top team for number of average innings pitched is like barely above six that's it's a big jump um from 4.6 to 5.2 especially in i think it's either 2022 or 2021 oh no in 2021 they were at the bottom three in terms of quality starts which is the next stat i want to get up to now granted we're only in the first couple weeks first few series of 2023 but their quality starts have gone from bottom three to way below average way below the league average up to a 70 percent quality starts now granted that's because you're winning games and if they continue this it's it still keep their quality start percentage a lot higher than they had been the past two years. But I think that's the difference in the Rays is that they've made little changes to their pitching and how they're managing their pitchers, and it's making the big difference down the run. And I hope that they continue to see success as much as I dislike the Rays, um, just because it's kind of an interesting thing to watch based on the pitching statistics. Yeah, I, so I just think their bullpen's typically been so good as well, or at least, you know, they got three or four guys that can give you six, seven, eight, ninth innings taken care of that why stress your starters that much down the road? And because quality start, I mean, quality start can still give you a loss. I mean, shit, that's just six innings and three earned or under three or th- three or less earned runs. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't guarantee a win, but uh, it, it does just really, a lot more this year with the role changes because you have more scoring with, production so if you have more quality I, I, starts and you're keeping them under three it's a lot you're a lot more likely to win this year this season than you had in the past yeah i also think they benefited from a pretty weak start of the season what they're cleaning up on uh they played the the a's in a series they played the red Sox. you're down on gonna have a down year who are they playing right now 
Well, they just, uh, won, the, they just oh, they the are Sox. playing the Red Sox. Both Sox. Yeah, I mean the Red Sox aren't that good, and I think Duvall's hurt. Um, play the Nationals and play the Tigers. So not to take away from it, they're playing three bottom like five to seven teams. The A's don't deserve to be a major league team anymore, but that's they don't. I absolutely. <laughs> well, no, you know what? The owners should just be executed. I think it's the uh, yeah. you know. You, you don't want to blame the guys playing because, you know, they're trying. They they just don't have a fucking shot. The problem is that they're double-A quality players. Yeah, and that's because <laughs> the fucking team, the owner, needs shot. So that, that was just a storyline I wanted to bring up on the Rays, and I did a little bit of digging into the statistics on why I think they might be having more success. Colin does bring up a good point. It's fairly early in the season, and they haven't played the stiffest competition that they're going to play all year. So I think I'm going to keep a keep track of that quality start and that uh innings pitch stat as we keep going they are above the league average and actually they may be number one this year in terms of they are not number one currently but yeah but even quality starts doesn't mean innings pitched though at the end of the day because it just could end up being six innings that they go and then they dump off the last three right but if you have Um, those two together where you're going through and you have an average that's nearing six or above 5.2 or something you know above the league average and you're having a high high number of quality starts and you're having a uh a high innings pitched by your starter percentage then those together mean that you're you're doing pretty well from defensively and from a pitching standpoint yeah no i i think they're definitely good and i i i may have i think i may have taken them at plus money as a potential future to miss the playoffs and that was sort of definitely a stretch i think it was more betting on the ascension of the orioles who have looked pretty decent so far um so the Rays are obviously one storyline. If they win tomorrow, they actually will have the best start to an MLB season ever, I believe, from what I just looked up. The A's actually, funny enough, have 11-0 and under their belt as well. That's when they were a single um, But so <laughs> we're, if we want to go from that topic to the next, uh, I think the big one would be the Astros' start to the season, let alone – Former uh, Houston Astro Evan Gaddis tweeting out the other night saying he was absolutely roided out during their title season, and he remembered uh, he remembered how many uh, them banging the trash cans while uh, while he was up to bat hitting a home run in what was it the ALCS game seven? Yeah, he uh, said the the home run he hit in the ALCS game seven against the Yankees. He confirmed on Twitter that he did know what pitch was coming, that it was a backdoor cutter or slider, and he took it yard. Regardless, uh, let's let's get slightly back to the. the I point. believe you mean irregardless. No, <laughs> no. Let's get slightly back to the point of the Ashers having a rough start to the season. Uh, I will point out, like I said, I'm not super confident in the Astros this year as I was when I bet they're over 95 and a half future. Uh, but I will point out that it's a long season. And in the past two seasons, they like in the first 20 or so games, don't quote me on that exactly, but approximately the first seven, the first uh, 20 games, the Astros have been like at or below 500 in the last two seasons, both of which they made a world series. Um, uh, one of those two seasons, they had they went off to a seven and ten start, which is kind of what they're on par to do here. Um, 
you have your early season struggles. They figure it out by May or June at the latest, and then they just roll. So I'm not super. I'm not confident that they're going to hit 106 again like they did last year. But I'm not writing off the season yet because the Astros have proven that after a, a slow start, they will just they'll turn into the Astros we know and love. We is a um, strong word. It, love is a strong word, I believe, actually. <laughs> hey, I've, I paid my dues when they were shitty, so I get to have this one. We talked about it last week. This is the one team I get to but have. But you don't. This is the team <laughs> I get to have. You get to have it. You get to have it, but we don't respect it. Yeah, exactly. No, fair enough. That's okay. The, uh, I feel like they that's are probably fact, exactly cheating piece of shit scumbags. Hey, and you would have you would have been there hitting the trash can for the White Sox. I would have exactly, but I was. Not. But I was. I was but not. he wouldn't have gotten caught. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Reisendorf seems like the kind of guy who'd rat himself out somehow. Unless Kinda Sam like doesn't have Astros the check. Cle- no, nah, no, nah, the check's not going to clear from Jerry. So then the Sam will snitch. That that's exactly what would uh, happen. Jerry Jerry's checks clear. He just don't like cutting them. Not to you. He write you that check and immediately as soon as you walk out the door, he's calling the bank to cancel. <laughs> it's the Chase Maxwell check. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I got for the Rays. Uh, I have another storyline here that the Rangers so far, oh, like a six and four start. I don't know if they played today or how they played today. Um, They're playing the Royals right now. They look unfortunately good. Like not like yeah, not I mean, world we, beaters, we sort of, but unfortunately good. Yeah, I mean that that was sort of one where I I think we said last week where I think they'll be decent, but I think it'll taper off. The win over sixty nine games this year. Degrom will get hurt. Like that, their bats will calm down because like. Simeon is still trying to earn that paycheck he got. Like we we sort of discussed it last week. That one I think we'll wait to see what happens. And just for time's sake, I want to I, I would want to switch to a different one, which is I think the O'Neill Cruz news from last week. Or sorry, not last week, but two days ago. Yesterday was that yesterday, Sam? Um, Where it, was, we, it was Easter Sunday that right. the injury happened. Yeah, time's an illusion, so that got me a little there. But I think is probably one of the cooler prospects. So I didn't, I don't wish that like ill upon him on that. But he snapped his ankle on one of the worst slides I have ever seen in my life. And then fucking was it Carlos Santana tried to fight Sebi Zavala? Yeah, yeah, that shit was so stupid. Did you see the play that we're talking about, uh, Dylan? Yeah, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen the video. I've seen like his oh, his, oh his my. legs not pointing in the. Like, his leg's not the way they should be. You know what? I genuinely can say <laughs> I didn't ever actually pay attention to uh, his leg. But that slide is one of the most horrific slides I've ever seen. Dude, you're 6'7". You can't be... He's 6'7", I believe. Uh, you can't be yeah. sliding that close to the fucking plate yeah, I, I've, that poorly. I've seen the and pictures then, of his legs kind of, like, really bound up underneath of him and then him like also like grabbing his legs as he's sliding and being like ow that hurts <laughs> yeah i don't know why that one i don't know why that one the head first slide two i don't know why he didn't try to slide to the side of the plate if he was going to slide like he did oh there's when, a really and, good you know, one of his ankle like completely going the wrong way 
I know I sent Sam this still because we were talking about it the other day. He's like screaming and more pain. so because uh, Santana was trying to fucking fight. But that was like you know what? Honestly, I respect Zavala if he's calling uh, O'Neill a bitch because. I don't think, you know, O'Neal was trying to hurt him with that slide, but that was such a poor slide, and as a professional, you don't expect another professional to put on such a shit clinic of a slide home that when you get hit like that with how poor it was, like, yeah, you're sitting there calling him a fucking bitch because it looked like, like, it comes across as intentional, I bet, in the moment for that player. So him calling him a bitch is hilarious. Santana should chill the fuck out. It is what it is. That's a bummer because he's sort of he's a really cool young dude, and I think he he's not a rookie technically anymore, but super cool young prospect that's been you know doing some cool shit in MLB. So it's a bummer there, but the whole situation with him breaking his ankle and shit, Santana can go fuck himself. It was not intentional, and you know what? I think all the backlash should be on Santana over anyone else, or even O'Neill Cruz, which you don't want to just sort of go. You're a fucking idiot for doing that to yourself. But at the at the end of the day, that was his slide that hurt himself. It was his fault. Yeah, it's a learning experience for him because le- legitimately, the uh, most MLB players who are as fast as him are gonna score on that play or at least make it a damn close play. He had no chance because he just he basically just walked right into the fucking tag cleat first and ankle first. I mean, if he, yeah, he, if he if he went head first and tried to like. Sw- sort of swim onto that with his right hand and pull his left shoulder away from the tag. That's going to be a tough tag because Zavala had to go up to get the ball. It was a high throw. Like the, the Cruz just completely shit the bed there, and it's unfortunate the way it turned out for him. But it's completely his fault. The stills make. Yeah, I, I'm looking commit to the slide. That's true. I'm looking at the still that I sent Sam, where he looks like where you are standing. Where his ankle on is the, underneath of him. Well, it's just where you're standing almost on the plate uh, or on where everyone stands if you're a righty batter inside the batter's box, and it's him almost in a seated position. Yeah. I mean, also, let's give the guy a little bit of a break. Like, you're... Uh, you're Zavala already did. You're in the... Oh, my God. You're you're in the big leagues. <laughs> you know, you're running for home, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to make it. I got to slide no matter where I am. I don't think that's that's what happened. I just think he fucked up. And that mistake is perfectly fine. Sucks. You're a professional. You should be better than that. But, like, you know, shitty slides happen to a lot of MLB players. Whether, I mean, what? Rutschman Scorpion kicked a motherfucker at second base on opening day or some shit because he fucked up his slide. Bad slides happen. But if you're going to start a fight for your guy because he caused a bad slide that hurt himself, go fuck yourself. And, and if you can like, dude, Santana's been around forever. He, he, he shouldn't, I mean, I get sticking up for your guy, but it's not like O'Neal Cruz tried to bulldoze Zavala. Zavala won the Oklahoma drill on his ass and was just calling him a bitch. Also, that would have also been respected in my opinion, but that's not what happened. Yeah. Uh, Sam, you got any, you got an MLB topic you want to bring up before we move on? 
Oh, man, honestly, we covered just about everything that my eyes have been on with the Rays being unbeatable at the moment, the Astros being dog shit at the moment, and, uh, yeah, recently the Sox kerfuffle. I guess one thing I will throw in there in typical White Sox fashion was that Joe Kelly managed to injure himself (laughs) jogging out from the bullpen to kind of, like, stick his nose into that brawl, which is always the most ridiculous fucking thing to watch is the bullpens just, okay, fellas, you know, we're going for a jog. The fight's going to be over by the time we get there groin sprain uh huh god he just looks day. like a chotch I, I don't know how it's yeah. down. I don't know uh, how so this is it. my last one we don't have to stick on it but one of the worst teams in the MLB is the Cardinals and I find that fucking hilarious. that's true I uh, actually I meant to bring that up that's a good point because I, I our last pot I threw them out as my my somewhat sleeper World Series pick and that's not looking so hot at the moment, but you know what? It's very early, and I ain't sweating them. They're a good. Team. Two and six, or a two, yeah, two to six, bottom of fifth against the Rockies. Uh, although I'm, I just yeah. looked it up on Google. I Rockies on sneaky decent at behind the plate. Um, they're pitching sneaky decent. I mean, I mean, yeah, fuck you. Go look at that. C.J. Crone, uh, Charlie Blackman, Chris Bryant, Ryan McMahon. They have they got Jerks and Profar from the Padres as sort of a speed guy. They have a decent, like respectable lineup. It's just pitching there sucks dick. They don't even have like an ace there really that you know mitigates Coors Field. So you're just fucked. They have Dinger. And if you're, it, they have a lovely Triceratops mascot. You are correct. They have dinger. <laughs> uh, all We're right. gonna leave that topic on that. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's enough baseball. We'll talk about it more uh, until October. There's plenty of baseball to be talked about. Uh, let's move on to hopefully an abbreviated version of Colin's cap and corner. Uh, take it away, Very, Colin. very abbreviated because we can just skip Sam almost. Sam had two bets all week because we had the consensus pick, Sam, on uh, <laughs> on the White Sox one. So you it didn't fucked hop us up on. Up your name. Sam went 0 for 2 on the White Sox. Those were his only bets this week. He's a he's a busy individual trying to move houses, so I don't blame him. But Dylan, what do you got for me for good, bad, and ugly? Uh, I gotta look up my past uh, settled wagers. Uh, oh, I mean, shoot. I can let mine rip while you look. I have out. well, no, I only have like the three. So let's go with the uh, the bad. Is I am now three and two on Snooker because the uh, Stephen Hendry lost six like six points, lost by six points on a five and a half point spread. So I'll call that my ugly. Lost ten to four. Um, I figured he would lose, but uh, I, I was thinking that that was one of the largest spreads I've seen in Snooker, and there's no way that he loses that badly. Um, that's where I'm wrong. My good. Well, I think we ran across uh, the differences of competitions. That was like best of 19 versus some of the other ones. I think you've previously bet being like best of 13. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me a, I haven't bet that much this week. Give me a good besides that white Sox play, but that's, that's already kind of passed. Uh, give me Astros. I took them versus the tigers on, what was that April 4th? I took the money line as minus one oh, or no, no, sorry. I took the spread at minus one and a half points, uh, minus one oh five. That one won. Um, I also then lost uh, to the Pirates today uh, on that money line bet at minus one sixty five. I think, oh, that's good money against the Pirates. Boy, was I wrong. 
so that's some mixture of good, bad, and ugly. Um, I don't bet a whole lot on baseball unless it's the Astros because I have kind of a feel for what I think they should do, which is not always what they do as we find out. Yeah, no, they're what? Are they a four-win team, a three-win team? You should know. You're, they're five oh, and seven. Oh, my, I can't. Wait, oh, wait, no, I no, thought no, they no. Were... hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I just looked you at sure? this. Yeah, they're five and seven. After tonight, they're five and seven. All right. I thought they had a couple more losses under the belt. Yeah, I All thought right, they had I... on an actual streak, but then I looked it up and it was kind of overblown because they really hadn't lost more than three games in a row. So then we go to the volume better who uh, does great job for the good, bad, and the ugly. That'd be me. Um, you know what? I gave out two good winners last week on the podcast in UFC with the good. So I had Christian Rodriguez beating uh, Raul Rosas Jr., who we had described as Donnie from the Wild Thornberries, an interesting-looking fella who was undefeated. He's 18. He's still a fucking jujitsu monster. Is this, is, this the, but, is this the sound that Donnie made? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Listen. Go watch a Raul Rosas Jr. fucking interview for about two seconds, and you'll be like, yeah, that's right. Um, do, I mean, does the dude kick my ass? Absolutely. But Most people would. You know what? Yeah, no, most people would. Most men and women would. Uh, but so I, I took Christian Rodriguez, gave it out at plus 193. He won by decision. He really dominated Rosas after the first round. So... Rosas will be good, and he will be a potential future champ, if not top five UFC fighter in his weight class. This was a learning experience for him. He's young, as, I, as I've said. He's 18. He's the youngest guy on the roster. But, hey, about two to one odds on, on his opponent. That cashed good shit. My other one from UFC was uh, Pereira Adesanya inside the distance. It probably, when I gave it out, landed about nay 120-ish um, by fight night under four and a half rounds was like neg 150 it got fucking smashed uh adesanya took care i mean holy fuck i mean he was zero and three against Pereira across kickboxing and this and i knew it wasn't gonna go to the distance if it did adesanya was not gonna be happy about the win and he knocked him out in the second round it looked identical to one of their rounds in their first ufc fight where he wobbled him right before the bell, but couldn't finish him. Uh, so that was that was nice. Uh, my third good is more of a trend that I've liked is uh, Trent Grisham over half a total base in some of his games. He's been uh, sort of a cash cow on that where they've kept it no worse than I think Neg 130 over the past few days when he's been facing righties. That lineup's so protected for the Padres that he ends up getting on base a fair amount, especially if he's facing a righty, so that was quite nice to get. Uh, my bad is going to be Kyle Schwarber over one and a half total bases on Sunday, where he sort of beat the faux shift that they still try to implement against lefties, where he put it, you know, how most... Uh, outfields in mlb if you hit it down third or first baseline they have the seats sort of curl in towards the baseline he ended up putting one that hit that like tucked in area and his slow ass couldn't turn the corner quick enough and uh he i think maybe he got gunned down going back to first because he turned a curl to two 
but the left fielder for who they were playing got to the ball quick and was able to gun his ass down and he should have gotten to second honestly if it weren't for how it sort of played out so that was a that was a bummer and then my ugly has to be uh going back to ufc i believe i gave this one out as well it was gilbert burns against jorge masvidal under two and a half rounds Masvidal has a chin like a motherfucker. He's a street fighter through and through. He retired after this fight. After I mean, I mean, he did back. He's Kimbo Slice's like protege almost. Does he still have both of both of his ears? Yes, he does. Okay, so he's not full on Kimbo Slice yet. Yeah, but oh no, he and actually he just retired from the UFC literally after this fight, and he lost by decision. It was clear cut who won, but. I thought Burns would try and get him out of there quick, and if anything, if Masvidal was going to win, it was going to be by knockout. He wasn't going to win a decision. He's not a good decision fighter towards the end of his career. He's just sort of there. Um, So that was a bad bet. But let's take a look into the upcoming days. Dylan, what do you got for me? I got three good ones. Um, These are still very, very surface, but I think this week and moving forward, I'm going to try to expand my horizons in MLB betting, start looking at base totals, you know, maybe home run future, not futures, but home run props here and there, but not quite yet for my locks. uh, And I I would, wouldn't even call these locks, but we kind of talked about how, uh, unfortunately the Rangers are looking good. Uh, So give me tomorrow. um, That's tomorrow, Wednesday, the 12th. Um, and that's probably old by the time this one actually gets out, but oh well. Uh, I like the Rangers as one-and-a-half-point favorites versus the Royals. Uh, Ivaldi's pitching, so I, I think that gives them a chance. While it's not their best chance, it gives them a chance. Uh, and then also tomorrow, I have the Orioles as minus one-and-a-half-point favorites versus the A's. And these are all, I believe, minus 110, although I forgot to look at the... I know the Rangers are. I forgot to look at the Orioles. That one seems like it could be worse. Um, The A's, as we've discussed, are a minor league team at best, although given my luck, this is going to be the one game where the A's pull it together and actually get one of their few wins this season. And then finally, I have the Seattle Sea Dragons in the XFL and the St. Louis Battlehawks under 46 and that is a Saturday game, I believe. Let's look. Not a hundred percent. That's April sixteenth. Sure. That favored. might be a Sunday game. April sixteenth. Um, you yeah. said see, yeah, that is a, a Sunday, Sunday at two. Game. All right, that one neg one ten as well. I'm guessing. Yes. All right, Sam, what's our look ahead this week? Um, I am going to go ahead and take the Thunder money line, uh, which we discussed earlier for their playing game. Uh, that's almost more than I have something to, something to really root for with them as much as it is a good value, but I do think the value is there. Uh, I will be a game-time decision to take the Raptors money line as well. I really have no expectations for the Bulls. There's just obviously less value with the Raptors being the five-point or so favorite in that game as opposed to the dog. Um, so I may end up looking for something to do with the teaser or, or just uh, some sort of parlay or something involving that. But that's that's pretty much what I'm looking for. And I don't think I'm I'm going to touch the Lakers-Wolves game tonight, which might have already tipped off anyhow. Yeah, but I the, think it already tipped. The spread on that one was just too big. Hey, you can I, take I'm the live line. Hate watch it. You can take the live line, Fuck Sam. That, man. We have that's such a great track record of live lines. 
Uh-huh. That is mostly I am just a fucking disaster when it comes I'm, to live lines. I'm bad at them too. But all right, yeah, no, uh, Lakers haven't quite tipped off yet, but they're like eight and a half point favorites. I I feel like the Wolves can still fight for it, and I I think the ones that actually can play for this game will try to do that. So I don't blame you for avoiding that one. Um, we're going to go back for myself into UFC this weekend. We got a, a really good fight night main event, um, with Arnold Allen against Max Holloway. Max Holloway's lost a couple title fights to Volkanovsky. Those are his pretty much major losses, but he's probably not going to get a fight against Volkanovsky again after losing to him all three times they fought. I believe, I believe it's three times, if not two for sure. So I'm going to take Arnold Allen at plus 155, um, being this, you know, a little bit of a dog there. I feel like Holloway has less incentive to fight these days other than pride. I mean, pride obviously matters, but it like this, they're probably not going to give him a title fight again. He's lost three like against the same guy. So unless someone else takes the title from Volkanovsky, he's not going to get another really title shot unless it's that bad. So at Arnold Allen, plus 155 seems like decent money. My other one from that is, uh, I think it's Edson Barboza against uh, Billy Quarantillo, which is actually, I believe, how you say his name, even though it's a double L. I swear. I know you don't know, and I know you're muted, Dylan, as you try to yell at me. We, we can't make fun of you on this one because neither of us know. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure it's right. I, I mean, Quarantillo would be obvious. Quarantillo! But... Uh, those two guys like, are fucking... like a portmanteau, portmanteau of corn and tortilla? <laughs> corn tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. But, uh, they're both just fucking brawlers. I t- I mean, they're gonna... It's gonna be a good oh, fight. It's gonna that. be entertaining. Fighters, There's gonna be a... Brawlers, Sam. What a great take. They're mixed martial artists. Thank you very what much. What a two-watt so... take for fighters. Yeah, they're real brawlers. No, sir. That's called you don't know mixed martial arts. Apparently, man. Give me a I'll teach you how an armbar works. Yeah, but um, I'll just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, but I have that fight under two and a half rounds. Someone's going to finish someone, I think. So plus a hundred. Someone's going to finish odds. the fight. Great take from Colin. Oh fuck you! Like <laughs> judges don't exist. <laughs> My last one, fuck you, Dylan, is going to be soccer-based, you piece of shit. Oh, God. They're they're going to the last three listeners we had. It's going to be Belrusha Dortmund against Moneyline, Neg 102 against Stuttgart. They're still trying to keep up with Bayern in the title race. They're, I think, only two points back. They didn't have to play a mid-game week this week. They're going to take advantage of that and get the job done. That's all I got. Suck a fat cock, Dylan. (laughs) All right. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? Probably Sam more so than Colin. Suck a fat cock, Dylan. <laughs> I'll go sign off on that. Yeah, you know what? Suck a fat cock, Dylan. All right. Uh, go Strohs. And that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter, at 3PlanesSB. That's at the number 3, P-L-A-I-N-S-S-B, to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet. And keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. Uh, maybe throw us a review on those, uh, those platforms, and uh, we'll see how we're doing. And remember, 
Quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here.